Are you cruising through life not always knowing what direction you were headed? Let Live On Purpose with Dr. Paul Jenkins be your guide. Live On Purpose will give you insights into your life and show you how you can become the driver and captain of it. No more aimless wandering. By learning the principles that govern happiness and wealth, you will be able to make personal progress that you have only dreamed possible. And now, here's your host, the shrink who expands your life, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. I'm bringing you another episode of Live on Purpose Radio, and I'm excited to bring a new topic today that has got me excited. I've been reading a book over the last several days called Greater Than Yourself. We're going to be talking about what that means today, and I'd like to introduce the author of that book, Mr. Steve Farber. Hello, Steve. Hey there, how are you? I'm doing great. Glad to have you with me at Live on Purpose Radio today. Thanks, Dr. Paul. Appreciate it. Yeah, I want to give a brief introduction to our listeners about who you are. You've spent probably a couple of decades now, haven't you? Just mm-hmm. doing yeah, doing yeah, a lot yeah. of thinking and and speaking and uh, teaching and writing about primarily the topic of leadership. Right. And uh, this started, I think, the first book, at least the first one I'm aware of that you came out with, was called "The Radical Leap." Uh, back in 2004 is when that was released. Uh, followed a few la- few years later by the Radical Edge, uh, which was your second book. Right. Um, could you tell us just a little bit about uh, what those books are all about, and and uh, where you've been in your in your history here with your books? Sure, sure. Yeah, you know, I've been at this work, like you said, for a couple of decades, um, but not specifically at in the aspect of writing and speaking. That's just been. That's been over the last 10 years or so. The first 10 years that I was doing this kind of work, I was in the trenches as a, as a consultant, as a coach, as a facilitator. I've been doing a lot of uh, leadership development work with senior management teams in a lot of different companies and, and really seeing the good, the bad, and the ugly, to coin the old cliche. Mm. Uh, and really met some tremendously inspiring leaders and some people that, uh, to put it politely, uh, were not. Yeah, right. <laughs> So after doing this for a while, and by the way, six of those years I was at uh, you know I was at the Tom Peters company. So uh, you know, for your listeners may be familiar with Tom mm-hmm. uh, for any number of reasons, starting with In Search of Excellence twenty seven years ago, whatever it was. Right. Uh, so I got all this exposure to all these all these leaders and all these businesses, and and saw up close what works and what doesn't. So finally, I got to the point where I started to ask myself, what do I think about all this, and mm-hmm. and really. The question kind of behind all of my work has been, based on everything that I've seen, if I could flip a switch, wave the magic wand, whatever you want to call it, and have, and have people do something different or do something more consistently or do less of something, what would I have them do or mm-hmm. not do? And it was in the answer to that question that I started to write. Okay. So The Radical Leap was the first book, uh, and, and it's, it's all under the, uh, what's, what I've come to call over the years the, the, um, the umbrella of extreme leadership. And extreme mm-hmm. leadership is just my way of saying real leadership. In other words, leadership that's got nothing to do with what it says on your business card. It's got nothing to do with where you sit on the org chart. It's got nothing to do with what you call yourself. 
It has to do with, with what you do, who you are, how you approach your work and your life, because leadership, if you're really doing it, is really an extreme act. Mm-hmm. Because on some level, it's about the act of transformation, which is an extreme thing for any human being to undertake. So the radical leap kind of laid the framework, laid the, the groundwork for it, I should say. The radical edge came out in 06, and I just wanted, went into a little bit more depth on a couple of different aspects. And then this latest effort, uh, Greater Than Yourself, is, is also, it also fits in that arena of extreme leadership, the way that I, in, in, in kind of my point of view on the world. You know, I appreciate what you're saying about extreme leadership. Uh, I think there's a lot of people out there who think uh, that the title is all about uh, what leadership is. or and, and, you know, people who really understand it don't even think that. Uh, but there are all of these superficial kind of token things that we look at and we think, well, that's leadership. But leadership really is about who you are and how you do it. Right. Uh, not the position that you're in. You don't need a title to be a leader. Yeah, exactly. In fact, I think uh, Mark Sanborn wrote a book, something he like did, that. He did indeed. <laughs> and uh, I was pleased to have Mark as a guest on my show not too long ago. Yeah, a, good, a, good, a good buddy of mine as well. Oh, great. So this this concept of of being the leader, yes. you, you use the word transformation too, yeah, and uh, that's really starting to tap into what it's going to require of a person. You know, I noticed also you have a forward in this book by Pat Lencioni, yes, and uh, he wrote a, a great book called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. I'm also thinking about Jim Collins and Good to Great, mm-hmm. talking about Level 5 leadership. There's a lot of people who have written about this particular concept. And uh, as you're getting at the extreme leadership, uh, the radical leap, the radical edge, and now greater than yourself, um, I think that there's there's a little piece of this that I'm trying to understand better, and it has to do with humility. Mm with putting yourself in a position that is, you know, you're not trying to to set yourself above other people to be the leader, but what you're doing is trying to lift them. And this is what greater than yourself is all about. Yes, yes. Yeah, there's, boy, there's a lot there to respond to, uh, Dr. Paul. Let me, let me start with, with uh, this thing about position and title. Yeah, great. Um, so, so even though, I mean, it's absolutely true, position or title is, has, in essence, nothing to do with leadership, having said that. The higher your position or title is in an organization, the greater the expectation from others is that you'll be that you'll be a great leader. What I'm saying is, it doesn't automatically come with the territory, right? Mm-hmm. The expectations I think are natural, and there are a lot of people, uh, maybe too many, if uh, if I were being uh, <laughs> if I were being totally honest, absolutely mm-hmm. too many people who assume the position of leadership. And then think that their leadership work is done because they have the authority, and it's not. That's where that is. You know, it's for, for most people, that's where the leadership work just begins. On the other side of that coin, I can't tell you how many people I've met that have no positional authority whatsoever, and they're great leaders because they they have this this ability to influence people around them to change things for the better. And I think that's where the humility comes in. That the, mm-hmm. the really great leaders are the ones who are. And this is, again, why I think that the phrase extreme leadership is appropriate and not just a snappy catchphrase, because the, the really great leaders are the ones who concern themselves with creating a future that's markedly better than the present for all of us, 
Mm-hmm. In other words, they, they put themselves out there to transform the nature of things so that it, the, it, the, the reality better serves the people that live in it, whether it's customers, colleagues, community, family, you know, what, whatever the context is. So it's not about, I'm going to do this great thing because I'm a leader and I want to be out front and I want everybody to, you know, to, to look at me and shine the spotlight on me and, and, and bow down and say how wonderful I am. Mm-hmm. It's more that I want to use my influence and influence others so that we can really create something great together that's going to serve everybody, whether I get the credit for it or not. And oftentimes it's, it's with even a bit of disdain for getting the credit for it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's taking a very deep level of personal satisfaction and fulfillment knowing that, that I've done something really uh, uh, tremendously worthwhile and even extraordinary for the people around me. Mm-hmm. And then those who, who are influenced by you will automatically hold you in some level of esteem because of that, but that's not the reason you're doing it. Exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a paradox, right? I mean, the, again, the greatest leaders that I've met are the ones that are more concerned about elevating others. Uh, they're more concerned about making others greater than themselves. And the payback in that, oftentimes, is that they end up being, again, to come full circle, some of the greatest leaders of all, mm-hmm. because it's a rare person that really establishes a legacy and a track record of, of investing in others so as to make them uh, you know, more competent, more capable, uh, more able to transform you know, things for the better. That's and and the, and, the, and the light automatically gets shown back on that person without them ever asking for it. And in fact, once they start asking for it, it kind of it kind of takes the wind out of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of an odd uh, dynamic to some people, um, but I think it makes a great deal of sense when you really start to look at it. What do you think are some of the barriers that people face to to achieving that? What have you seen in your experience in in training or in consulting or mentoring? Where do people get stuck on this? Well, I think there's a lot of places where people get stuck, but it, a lot of it is some form or another of fear mm-hmm. uh, that that somehow by enabling other people to be great, I'm diminishing myself in the process, or I'm limiting my own possibilities, or uh, in other words, it's kind of this zero-sum game mentality that one person's success is predicated in some way on another person's failure. So if I'm going to raise you up, I'm do, I have to be diminishing myself, which, again, is just another aspect of, of fear, and it's unfounded. Of course, it's not true, obviously, uh, or at least it's obvious to me, and maybe it's not mm. obvious to some. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But still, you know, it, it, that, I think that's what holds us back. Fear, um, uh, concern, ego, you know, I want to be, I want to be the best, at everything, which is, of course, not possible for anybody. Uh, but still, you know, it's that, uh, that, that very deep kind of conditioning that says, in order to be truly successful, I've got to be standing on, you know, standing on somebody else's head, basically. Yeah. So this fear, fear of, uh, of loss or of scarcity, there's not enough out there for everybody, so I've got to get my piece, and if you get more... Then I get less. Yeah, this is what you mean by that zero sum game. Yes, exactly. Well, here's you mm. know the thing is that if I you know if I give you if I give you five dollars, 
literally give you five dollars, mm-hmm. I have five dollars less than I did a minute ago before I gave it to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some things, you know, are there is a balance sheet. Some things there is a zero sum game. But so I think a lot of people assume that if that's true there, it must be true for everything. It must be true with, if, with my knowledge. If I share my knowledge with you, I'm diminishing it somehow, which is not true. Mm-hmm. If I share my contacts with you, I'm diminishing my relationship somehow. Not true. Uh, but somehow I think people get, get caught up in that, in that erroneous uh, comparison that says it's, it's exactly the same thing, and it's, it's mm-hmm. just not. Well, even in the example of the $5, uh, the thing that occurred to me, Steve, is that why would you give me 5 bucks? Mm-hmm. And if it's well, in I, well, I, you know, I wouldn't. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless it's in exchange for something greater than five bucks. Yeah. yeah. You know, to you now, yeah. what if you're able to elevate or lift me to a position where I'm more functional, more productive? This is what the greater than yourself concept is all about. Exactly. Trying to lift others to a point where they're great. We're going to get into that topic in a lot more detail as we come back from this first break. Stick with us. Joining me for the Live on Purpose radio podcast. It is truly an honor to be a part of your prosperity team. Please visit my website, drpaul.org, to get connected with other tools for you and your family. There you will find links to my weekly easing, Empower, Harnessing the Power of the Mind, and to the free Parental Power Teleconference that I host every week with my wife, Vicki. You can also check out upcoming events or pick up powerful information products. Feel free to contact me directly with questions, comments, or to book me for your company or private event. Email me through drpaul at liveonpurposeradio.com. This is Kirk Weasler to tell you about morebetterbooks.com. Morebetterbooks.com is where you can find more better books for a more better life. Not only that, let me tell you about some of the very fun and cool select titles on morebetterbooks.com. You'll want to get a copy of The Dog Poop Initiative. This best-smelling book could change your life forever. It certainly changed the lives of thousands of Boeing employees, as well as school teachers, parents, leaders across the United States and in Israel and in Germany. And you can get your own copy at morebetterbooks.com. Whoa, that's not all. What about The Cookie Thief? This classic tale told in a rhyming format, fully illustrated with very fun hidden messages. Pick up a copy now today on morebetterbooks.com. Other great titles there, Finding Your Pathway to Mastery, Beyond Illusions, Make It Great. These titles are only available on morebetterbooks.com. Go to morebetterbooks.com today and begin to have a more better life and live that life on purpose. So, Steve, as we were talking earlier, I was thinking that you're really validating me. <laughs> and well, what that's, I, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Well, what I mean is I have, uh, for, for quite some time now, I've really had a feeling, and I've even expressed this to some of my clients as they come in for personal coaching or, or consultation or mentoring. Uh, I've told them before, you know, it is really good for me if you are phenomenally successful, 
And as we talk about this greater than yourself concept, it's just really resonating with me because I've sensed for a long time that a really great way for me to succeed is to help as many people as I can to be as successful as they can be. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's at the heart of greater than yourself. And and I think, you know, what makes it a little bit provocative is really the context because, you know, I'm suggesting that this is the approach that we should have every day at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, the bottom line is that we get this. I mean, instinctually, I think we get this. Great parents get this, right? I mean, a, a healthy parent wants to see their child grow up to have a better life than they've had. Mm-hmm. To, sure. to experience more joy and more success and more fulfillment and more experience and all that than, than I've had in my life. That, that's, that's how I can look back and say, I did a great job or I, you know, I, I paved the way for my child to have that experience. Uh, great coaches get this. You know, whether it's a life coach, professional coach, uh, a children's uh, sports team coach, whatever. I mean, the coach, the greatest, the greatest payoff for the coach is to see their, let's say, athlete, for example, uh, go on to compete in the Olympics or play in the major leagues or whatever, and the coach is still there, you know, coaching on a local level. That's, that's, that means that's a great coach, right? Mm-hmm. Great teachers get this. I mean, there, there is no greater payoff for, let's say, an elementary school math teacher than to see their, one of their students grow up and win the Nobel Prize someday. And I'm still in the classroom, right? But there's mm-hmm. my student receiving the Nobel Prize. So teachers get this, coaches get this, parents get this, but somehow when we go to work, we check that instinct at the door and it becomes that zero-sum game we were just talking about before the break. And all of a sudden the dynamics change. And, you know, and, and I, you know, I've got to keep just a little bit. I, I can help you, but I've got to keep a little bit ahead of you. And, I, and I'm trying to turn that on its head because we've been given a lot of lip service. We've been giving, I should say, a lot of lip service to this idea of how important it is for people to be uh, mentors and coaches and so forth at work. I mean, it's become a conventional wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yet, as, you know, as much as we all say that's important, it's really pretty rare. It's really pretty rare to see it done. And mm-hmm. you can therefore come to the conclusion that maybe we've been expecting too much, uh, but the conclusion I've come to is that we've really been expecting too little. We've got the, the bars too low. It's not that we should be helpful mm-hmm. to one another. It's that we should be investing in, a, in another or others in a way as to, with, with full intent, make them better at X, whatever X is, than we are. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a leader and I'm supposed to be developing other leaders, which I hear a lot about and you know how important that is in organizations today, which it is, Mm-hmm. then really what I should be doing is, is developing leaders who are better leaders than I am. And if somebody's going to work on my team, I want to develop, you know, uh, IT people and human resource people and, and you know, uh, marketing people, wh- whoever, who are, who are much better at those things than I am. Mm-hmm. And if I can in some way enable that to happen by sharing, you know, who I am and what I have and all my knowledge and all my resources to make that happen – then that, that's, that's the ultimate payoff. That's what Greater Than Yourself is all about. Mm-hmm. So it, it only becomes, you know, a little bit provocative and a little bit uh, challenging, I think, uh, in, in the work environment, which is where we need it the most, ironically. You know, that is such an interesting observation. I think we do naturally tend toward this, or, or people have a sense that this is the right way to interact. You know, use the example of parents, of coaches, 
and uh, they kind of get it. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid, though, that there's some areas where we're allowing some of that business neurosis to rub off on other areas in our life. Well, I you think know, that's probably true, too, yeah. I think it does. I think the negative side of it does work the other way sometimes, mm-hmm. but not as much, I don't think. Well, it's going either way. It's going to take a conscientious, intentional effort. Yes. For people yes. to actually change their mindset and start doing this intentionally. Yes. Yeah. Well, I want to. That's, that's really the challenge is to make it intentional. To make it intentional. In fact, as we, I think in the last segment today, we're going to talk about your challenge. Right. Okay. So we're just, that's just a little teaser. Okay. Good. Uh, <laughs> but let's talk a little bit more about greater than yourself. You introduced in the book. Now this is written in an inter- interesting way. I think this is a uh, kind of a parable that you've. Yes. You've shared in a story format, but it's a hard-driving business concept that's shared in this uh, parable kind of a format. Yeah, the, um, you know, the the parable has become a pretty popular uh, genre. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Pat Lencioni, who you mentioned earlier, is is uh, you know one of the kings of that uh, of that genre. He writes in this style. Kevin Blanchard, of course, mm-hmm. is, uh, one of the the original uh, pioneers, in, at least in the business context, for this sort of a thing. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. been around for a long time. I personally write in this style because, uh, and, and this is <laughs> its not going to sound very strategic, but uh, because I, I enjoy writing in this style. Uh, <laughs> I, I just really have a lot of fun with the, um, you know, the story element and the characters and the dialogue and all that. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I think I have a bit of a knack for it. And my, you know, my approach is a little bit different from some of the other parables in that it tends to be a little bit edgier. Um, mm-hmm. It uh, and, and I tell the story as the narrator, mm-hmm. so I'm actually in the story, which gives me the opportunity to not just you know weave a, a fun fictional tale, but to also weave in uh, a heavy dose of reality at the same time. Right. So I, I I really play with the boundaries between fiction and reality. Um, you know, some of the characters I make up, some of the situations are there to to aid the story and some are you know examples from from my experience and uh, the whole idea of course is to deliver the message in a way that people will actually receive it stay mm-hmm. with it uh, you know and, uh, and and ultimately begin to experiment with it well and it's it's well written it's an engaging read and yeah. it it makes the point of this greater than yourself idea and uh, I appreciated your disclaimer at the beginning there, too, where, mm-hmm. where he said, you know, if you want to look up the people in this book, you're not going to find some of them. So <laughs> go back and read the intro if you missed that. Exactly. I learned that, by the way, from the first two books. Uh, oh, did you? you know, I've, I've had, uh, it's not unusual for somebody to come up and ask how such and such a person is doing, and I'm, <laughs> I feel like, oh, geez, do I, how do I break this to It's you? just one of your imaginary <laughs> friends, Steve. Right. <laughs> well, here on... Uh, Early in the book, you introduced three tenets of greater than yourself. Would you mind sharing those with us? Talk yeah. about what those are. Yes. All right. So the overall, you know, greater than yourself, or GTY, as, as I call it for short, is this, this intent to raise somebody else up above yourself. Uh, the three tenets are expand yourself, give yourself, and replicate yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, you know, they are, um, it's not necessarily a linear process. Uh, they they do kind of work together, but but the way the way that I'm thinking about it is this: if I'm going to uh, to really work on 
elevating somebody else, raising somebody else up, I have to make sure at the same time that I really have something of significance to give. Mm-hmm. In other words, my ability to be really good at, at, at raising others up is predicated on my ability to constantly expand my own capabilities, expand myself. So this becomes very much a personal development process as it is another's development process that I'm, that I'm facilitating, right? That's so right. expand yourself is really about paying attention to, uh, you know, you could call it a nice metaphor that I play with in the book a little bit, is, is your own inventory, your own personal inventory. All mm-hmm. those things in your storehouse, metaphorically speaking, all of your knowledge, all of your wisdom, all of your experience, all of your insights, as well as your, you know, your character and your value system and, and your contacts of the people that you know and your network and all of that, all of those things that you, quote-unquote, have, you should constantly be nurturing, cultivating, and expanding. So that if I take inventory today, and if I literally sit down and make a list of what I have, what I've amassed, what I've collected in my, through my experience, if I sit down and take that inventory again a year from now, it should be bigger and it should be deeper and it should be more expansive and it should be richer and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. And the conventional wisdom says that that's a good thing to do. You know, it's the old, if you're green, you're growing. If you're ripe, you rot. You know, you, you have to keep mm-hmm. progressing in order to keep living. I mean, all these things that we already know, of course, but typically, the way we think about that is we should be expanding ourselves in order to give ourselves more and more of a competitive advantage because we've got to be smarter, faster, more connected, et cetera, than the next guy. That's, that's where we get our, our edge from. Mm-hmm. What I'm suggesting here is that really the reason we should be expanding ourselves is so we have more to give away. Mm-hmm. So we have more to offer somebody else and offer the people around us. And that's, of course, that, of course, is the second tenet, give yourself. Mm. So this is about giving, I mean, literally giving, opening up the floodgates and offering all you have and all you know to another individual or, or individuals in order to, to make them more capable and to raise them up. So can I uh, just backtrack just a little bit to this? Absolutely. To this expand yourself idea. Mm-hmm. Um, Personal development is something that some sometimes seems like a little bit of a selfish thing to do, but it's only in that mindset, that traditional mindset that you mentioned. If it's all about giving yourself a competitive edge or getting yourself into a position where you're more powerful, that you're stronger, that you're you're better, uh, I think that's where it gets that reputation. Mm -hmm. And, you, you know, I think in our culture... In, in in the American culture in particular, uh, I don't know that it's, that that is ever really looked on as being a negative thing, and, mm-hmm. and nor, nor should it be. I mean, we you know it's kind of part of uh, part of who we are culturally that we're you know we're supposed to be uh, you know working on ourselves and, and getting better and smarter and faster and more mm-hmm. prosperous and all that. And and I totally agree with all of that. I mean, that's uh, you know I, I'm a, I'm a pretty uh, uh, you know I guess what some some people would call ambitious. Not in the negative sense of the word, but, mm-hmm. but I, you know, I have a natural desire to uh, to get better at what I do, sure, and and to have you know a, a wider you know range of influence and, and all of that. I mean, it's 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 part of, I think, uh, of how a lot of us are made up. 
But you're right. Mm-hmm. The, the difference here is that you know some people they they get so focused on on their own development that they begin to look at it as kind of um, kind of in the same category as like mm-hmm. a trade secret. And this is this is a way though to strengthen yourself so that you're strong enough to lift. Well, let's uh, let's come back to those three tenets as we get back from this next break. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. Do you remember watching the futuristic cartoon The Jetsons? Did you ever think it would be possible to put a jetpack on your back and fly around like a superhero? Well, hold on to your purse. Because as of last month, it is now not only possible, there is a new product on the market that you can purchase that will send you soaring like Superman. Glenn Martin's dream of making personal flight a reality is now just that. The Martin Jetpack currently sells for a cool $100,000 and is available online. After purchase, you are required to meet certain agreements and regulations Then, you will be professionally trained for personal flight. The Martin Jetpack can go 63 miles per hour, can take you 8,000 feet off the ground, and can travel 31 miles before it requires refueling. Analysts are saying within 10 to 15 years, it is very possible that we will be personally flying to work and the grocery store. To Glenn Martin, we offer our impressed congratulations for his uplifting idea. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. I've got a great idea. Wouldn't you like to know? You probably can't bear it, so I guess I'll have to share it. A leader must have the courage to act against an expert's advice. James Callaghan, British Prime Minister. So, Steve, earlier in the in the program today, you mentioned parents kind of get this greater-than-yourself idea. And it occurred to me during the break that in terms of expand yourself, the first tenet of greater-than-yourself, mm-hmm. parents sometimes struggle with this thing. I coach parents all the time. Mm. And they want to put their kids first. But, you know, the very best thing they can give their kids is a fully functioning parent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this idea of do what you have to to make sure that you're in a good place, you know. And anytime I'm flying on an airplane, I'm reminded of this as the flight attendant gets up and goes through the little safety routine. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's one point where they say, if we ever lose cabin pressure, these, these very attractive oxygen masks will fall down. And you put it on with this little rubber band. Then they always say, if you're traveling with young children or someone who needs assistance, put your own mask on first. Right. And then assist the person that you're with. Because if you're out cold in the aisle, you're just in the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and it occurred to me that this is kind of what we're talking about. Yeah, you know that's a, that's a really great point, and I had never uh, I never thought about it about that challenge for parents in that context because you're right. I mean, I think you know it's that I need to take I need to take some me time, and I need to you know I need to focus on myself a little bit. Parents, you know, it's mm-hmm. a natural thing when you know you've been devoting yourself to especially to you know to little kids uh, mm-hmm. who, who who take up your or take up the wrong word, but yeah. you'll take a lot of time, right? Um, oh, yeah. But I think, sure. again, it's the same thing here. I mean, the, the idea is you should be expanding yourself in order to give what you gain from that, in order to give the benefit of that to your kids. As mm-hmm. um, like, for me, you know, when my kids were, you know, I've been traveling for, uh, you know, for, for a long time, and therefore my kids, my youngest is 21, I've got 21 and 27 year old sons and a nearly 31 year old daughter, so you know I've been I've been traveling you know pretty much their their whole lives and and there were times where it was very difficult for me to do that, uh, but mm-hmm. I had to do it. I mean that's that's how I made my living. That's how I supported them and and they always understood and they adjusted to it and all that. But what's come to be evident as they've gotten to be adults is all of a sudden you know uh, they they're they're coming to me. For advice on things, mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas if right. I used to be such an idiot, and now I'm so smart. <laughs> Look <laughs> how much you've learned in a few years. Yeah, that's right. And and it's you know so what I'm what I'm experiencing firsthand is that all that time that I spent learning what I've learned from from you know helping business people do this, I'm now really able to invest in my in my adult kids mm-hmm. because they're at a stage in their life where they can you know they can really benefit from you know from that. Not that I have all mm-hmm. the answers or that I'm right all the time. I don't want to imply that, but but I've I've really you know seen that you know this is this is my opportunity now to really invest in them uh, as they're starting their careers and trying to figure out what they want to do with their lives. I mean, it's, it's right. a wonderful place to be, uh, even though there was a good deal of guilt associated with it, uh, you know, at the time when they were young. So it kind of goes without saying, almost that if you're going to give, and this is. Why I wanted to spend a little bit more time on the expand yourself, because as we move into give yourself, and this is the second tenet, mm-hmm. what are you going to give right. if you haven't taken the time to build and to collect and to do the inventory that you were talking about? Yeah, exactly. So let's transition over to that give yourself. You use the concept philanthropize your life. Yes, yes. That's a mouthful. It is. It is, yeah. <laughs> Talk about that for a minute. Steve. Yeah, what I'm after there is is that uh, you know this uh, this uh, the act of philanthropy, right? In in the literal sense of the word, is somebody who's wealthy, for example, gives money to a cause that they believe in. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's philanthropy, right? And the act of giving is a wonderful thing, and we you know we tend to think, well, you know, it's great, but it's, not everybody has money to give away, and. And uh, you know, if a if I were really wealthy, I would love to just have a foundation and and you know just be somebody's benefactor all day long. But I'm not, and mm-hmm. so therefore it rules me out. So what do I do instead? I get the vicarious thrill from watching some of these TV shows like the uh, you know Extreme Makeover Home Edition right. uh, or Oprah's. You know, uh, she had the show The Big Give uh, last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the whole thing is a contest about how well you can, you know, how, how you can give to somebody or build a home for a needy family is really worthy. And so it's become part of our popular culture, right? Mm-hmm. Which tells me that we are really, and, and I think this is wonderful because it, 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 it's evidence 
that we're really um, uh, inspired by this sort of a thing. We, we, really, we really think it's important. But at the same time, we kind of rule ourselves out from being able to participate in any real way. So give yourself is kind of an act of personal one-to-one philanthropy, but taking the money out of the equation. So now I'm going to, I'm going to look for opportunities to give you my other resources, to give you my knowledge, mm-hmm. wisdom, contacts, et cetera, like we were talking about before. Right. And again, it's a bit of a misnomer. Like we started, you know, in that, you know, give you $5, I, I don't have $5, you know, kind of idea. Uh, it's, it's, I'm not, when I give something to you, I'm not literally giving it away. I'm not diminishing myself by giving it to you, but I am giving it to you. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if, if you pay close attention to it, let's say, for example, I give you the, I give you some knowledge that I've learned, some quote unquote trade secret, right? And I give that to you. I offer that to you freely. Mm-hmm. I don't diminish, not only do I not diminish myself, you know, my knowledge didn't go away, Mm-hmm. It really gets expanded because now I get I get a chance to see how you apply it, mm-hmm. how you apply it in your life and in your situation, which is going to be different from how I applied it, which is going to which is going to expand my learning as to how that particular piece of knowledge works. That's right. So the idea is to flip the switch from I've got to hoard it to I have to give it. Right? I need to give it. I should give it. That, that's the purpose of it. And, mm-hmm. and by doing that, it's actually going, you know, going to expand me. There's a couple of places where this is really well understood. Um, you know, I, I keep going back to parenting. Maybe that's a great model for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, parents, when they have their first child, uh, learn that they have more love to give than they thought. Yes. I think almost without exception. And then if they have a second child, you know, do they love the first child any less? They really don't. I, I've found that as you as you give love, your capacity to love increases. Yeah, I think any, any parent that's had more than one kid totally gets that. I mean, I know I mm-hmm. do, and I, and I still remember vividly. I remember wondering and, and you know, kind of worrying when... Uh, you know, between the first and second child, mm-hmm. you know, with all this love that I feel for 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 this baby, this child is, you know, it, my kids are five years apart, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, how is it how is it possible how how is it going to be possible that I'm going to be able to have that same feeling for a new baby, a new child, without diminishing how, what I feel mm-hmm. about my other child? Now, how is that possible? It didn't seem like it was possible until, until the child was born. Then you go, oh, now I get it. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just, and it's then just it's painfully expand. obvious. Yeah. Because it, it just... It, it seems obvious through experience. Yes. And I think it's a great analogy because it's, I, I, I think it... You know, there, there are definitely differences. There, there are significant differences between being a, being a parent and, and a relationship that you have with somebody at work. There's no question mm-hmm. about that. But I, I do think the impulse is very similar. And and what happens is when you when you start to give and you see how beneficial it is to another mm-hmm. person and you see the impact that you've had on that person's life, it just increases mm-hmm. your capacity to do that more and more for more and more people. You know, another example I just thought of. I'm I'm looking at your website, mm. uh, stevefarber.com. Right. 
And uh, you've got a little icon over to the side that I also have on my website, and it says Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Yeah. This is a way to share connections. Yes. And I have found that as I share my connections, I get more connections. Sure. You know, this is what social networking is all about. Right. And it follows that. I just use that as another example. You know, you give love and you have an increased capacity for love. You know, like it's interesting because I, I actually use the, um, use the example of social networking as kind of a metaphor in the book mm-hmm. of, of this idea of expansion. Because one of the things that we've learned and that we're continuing to learn through, you know, all these modalities, you know, for me, starting with, uh, you know, our, my blog, which I started, you know, several years ago, stevefarber.com, and then, of course, you see it on Facebook and Twitter and all these other you know, social networking sites, LinkedIn or whatever you, whatever you use. What you begin to, to see very quickly, like you said, is that I'm not isolated. I'm not alone. Uh, I'm, I'm connected. And not only am I connected, but I'm connected with, with people that, that are all around the world, and I'm connected with them instantaneously. So suddenly this, this universe, this world that I'm playing in is much, much bigger. That's, that's part of the, you know, the expanding yourself uh, mm-hmm. uh, element of this as well is to understand that you know, I'm not isolated. I'm connected, mm-hmm. and and I do have influence, and, and I and I can really benefit people. So why not uh, you know take full advantage of that uh, instead of thinking that you know I'm just sitting here by myself in this little you know this little office in this little you know building in this little town of you know in my case San Diego and 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 that's it and build this cocoon around myself. It's, it's just not that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once we begin to understand that we really are connected and we do have influence, then the question is, how can I make that influence be as, po- as, as positive as possible? And, and you know, I don't have to have, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, a big, uh, you know, show on, you know, national television to, to influence people. I could do it right from my cell phone, mm-hmm. you know. So why not really leverage that in a way that's going to have the greatest good towards, you know, as many people as possible. And that, that's kind of at the, the core of the spirit behind GTY. That's right. When you start to give it away, it opens up the floodgates. Now, you're, you're opening the floodgates to, to increase or, or uplift or, or create a greater situation for another person. Yeah. But it always comes back to you. There's a two-way flow. Uh, the third tenet, and we're just coming up on another break here in just a minute, but the third one is to replicate yourself. Yeah. And I think this flows very naturally from what we just talked about with social networking. Mm-hmm. As you, you know, technology today allows you to do all kinds of things to to replicate the things that you're doing to expand your reach, but you're also talking about encouraging and inviting and challenging others to do the same thing. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So this is not about replicating yourself as in uh, trying to make other people to be more and more like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead, it's replicating the practice. And that's going to lead us perfectly into the challenge, which we're going to talk about in our last segment. So hang tight. Raising kids is one of the most challenging and rewarding experiences we can have in life. 
Your children didn't come with an owner's manual, so it's up to you to learn whatever will assist you in your role as a mom or a dad. Join me and my husband, Dr. Paul, for a free weekly discussion about all of the hot topics in parenting. Listen to what others are saying about these calls. By applying the things I've learned to the parental power calls, I'm finally becoming the mom I always thought I would be. I really like to use parental power as kind of like a reference book. So as I have concerns with my parenting, I like to be able to look up on the blog and then listen to whatever podcast seems closely related. I like the variety of, of topics, the variety of age groups that are addressed. I'm on the parental power calls as often as I possibly can because I know I'm going to come away with something I can apply to being a parent that very day. Let us join your parenting team through parental power. Just send an email to drpaul at liveonpurposeradio.com to register for the live calls. Or just check us out first through the link at drpaul.org. All of the previous calls are posted on our blog site, where you can also add your own input. Let's team up to start parenting on purpose. If the pile of books you want to read is growing faster than the pile you have read, then Abundant Reading Systems can help you. After taking Abundant Reading Systems course, I dramatically increased my ability to expand my knowledge in a much more efficient way. My fastest test today was in 7,000 words per minute. I highly recommend this program from what I've seen it do for other people who've been through the entire program and from what I've seen in myself today. I've teamed up with Abundant Reading Systems to offer a single-day intensive speed reading workshop that will at least double your reading speed, guaranteed. This belief started to grow inside of me that I thought, you know, I can really do this. I can read, you know, as fast as I let myself read. And uh, ended up doubling my time, my speed reading time, which was really good. This is David Hinton, founder of Abundant Reading Systems. I want to personally invite you to join us for our next event. Visit AbundantReadingSystems.com now. Abundant Reading Systems, reading at the speed of imagination. And when you dream, dream big, as big as the ocean. When you dream it might come true. So as we get into this third tenet, I'm remembering a movie that I saw years ago, Steve. It was called Pay It Forward. Yeah, exactly. And you referenced that, or at least you've, you referenced that idea in the book. Yes, yes. Uh, what does that mean to you? Yeah, it's, 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 that's essentially what I'm suggesting. In other words, you know, we were talking before about how important it is to, uh, you know, to be generous and, and give of yourself to somebody without any expectation of a return. So, you know, I get a lot of credit for it without ever asking for it and, and so forth. Uh, so I think what makes this, this GTY, this greater-than-yourself practice so... Uh, so powerful is that there is no expectation of return. There's no quid pro quo, uh, except for one thing, and that is that I will only ask that you do the same thing that I'm doing with you and for you. Uh, that you'll do that for somebody else. That's the, that's what I mean by pay it forward. That's what I mean by replicate yourself. So replicating yourself is again it's a little bit of a misnomer. It's not that you know you're creating clones. It's that you're replicating yourself through the process. You're replicating the mm-hmm. process. 
so that's the one condition. It's the one condition. So if I were to go to you and say, Dr. Paul, you know, there's something that I think I could really help you with. You know, I'm pretty good at this, and, and, and you, want, you want to get better at it, and I'm going to invest in you in such a way that by the time we're done with this, you're going to be much better at this than I am. Mm. The only thing I'm going to ask in return is that you find an opportunity to do that, that same thing for somebody else. You know, as I was, I was watching a little video introduction that you have on your blog site, mm-hmm. and you issued a challenge there yes. to all the readers. And I would encourage all of you listeners to go check out that little video introduction. It's about seven and a half minutes at stevefarber.com. But Steve, I want to give you a chance to issue that same challenge to our Live on Purpose Radio listeners. Yeah, and let me, let me give a little context for it as well. Okay. It, was a, it was a bit of, a, of, a, um, of, a real, of an aha for me as I was writing the book because, you know, what I noticed is as I was talking to people about the idea as I was writing it, as I was formulating the ideas around this, we'd had these great conversations like you and I have been having here for the last, uh, for the last bit of time. And, and people would, you know, they'd nod their heads and go, yeah, yeah, I get it. That makes a lot of sense. And, and it was very, you know, very nice, heartfelt conversations. But it struck me that it was was still pretty conceptual, and that mm-hmm. the only way that this makes a difference is if it's not conceptual, but it's, it's practical. I mean, it's, it people actually do something with it. So that's where the challenge came from. It came through the process of writing the book. I realized that all I wanted as a result of somebody reading the book was that they would start with one person. That's all I'm asking is one person, right? Mm-hmm. Not that you're going to you know, focus on everybody in your life. You're going to pick one person to be your uh, GTY, your greater-than-yourself project, as it were. And, you know, if you have a problem with the word project, then relationship, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> right? One person that you're going to focus on that can benefit from what, who you are and what you have and what you've learned. And, and you're going to work with that person in such a way as to make them greater than you are in this particular, in whatever the arena is, whatever mm-hmm. the arena is. So the challenge is this, that every single one of your listeners today would pick somebody in their life, and I'm not going to put too many parameters around it. It could be at work, it could be at home, it could be a combination of the two, some of your community, whatever, to be your GTY project. And remember that the one condition here is that whoever you invest in in that way, you're going to get the commitment from them that they're going to go out and find a GTY project of their own, and that person will do the same and so on down the road, ideally, to infinity. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and th- that's the way that we change the world. That's the way that, that this, this idea of changing the world, which has become a bit cliched, unfortunately, over the years, is really something that's, uh, that, that becomes a, a, a potentially a real thing, a tangible reality. Uh, so mm-hmm. so that's, the, that's the nature of the challenge. Pick one person to be your GTY project. And listen, I'm not suggesting it's going to be easy. And I'm not suggesting that it's, it's going to be, you know, just clean and simple. I mean, it it's, could be a pretty messy process. Uh, there's trial and error involved in this. And you do have to choose this person wisely, right? You want to pick somebody that you trust and somebody that you believe in and somebody that, you're, you, know, that you really feel uh, uh, you know, perhaps you have you know, a, a greater belief in their capabilities than they do on their own, somebody whose desires and aspirations line up with, with what you have in, in terms of your knowledge and experience. I mean, there's lots of... Lots of things you need to consider here. But in order to get some more ideas on this, there's another website uh, that I've uh, started recently called greaterthanyourself.com. Okay. And I've captured, there's, there's a lot of video on there. 
Uh, I've got uh, a video interview between Pat Lencioni and Matthew Kelly, who co-wrote the foreword of the book. Their relationship is very much a GTY relationship. Uh, I have another video, a uh, little case study on there, uh, through the challenge that I gave, uh, the GTY challenge I gave to a, a nonprofit organization called Up With People, which is a youth mm-hmm. uh, uh, leadership development program. You'll see a little case study on that there. And then I have a series of videos of a conversation between myself and my GTY project, Tommy Spaulding, uh, and you'll see how you know, our relationship is developing and kind of the progress that we're making on that. So it's a great resource site, and I really encourage people to, to uh, you know, pull up a chair and spend some time there watching these videos. I'm glad you mentioned Tommy Spaulding, because this is not a challenge you're just throwing out to anybody who reads the book. This is a challenge you've taken on for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, it became pretty clear to me, and I was very overt about it in the book. And this kind of this is what I was saying before about I, you know, I really blur the line between fiction and reality here a bit, mm-hmm. because my relationship with Tommy is anything but fiction, although it shows up in the context of the story of, of Greater Than Yourself as well. It became very clear to me I can't I can't be asking people to do this unless I'm really you know taking this at least as seriously as everybody else, mm-hmm. and which is probably a, a rule that we should all live by no matter what we talk about. Uh, so my project is Tommy Spaulding, who uh, has become a very, very close friend uh, over the last couple of years, who has tremendous talent. Uh, he's the former CEO of that program, Up With People, that I just mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. and he's a talented speaker. He wants to do what I do. He wants to speak. He wants to write. Well, it just so happens that, you know, I have a good deal of knowledge and experience and connections and contacts and all that in that arena. So I am investing in Tommy and giving him everything that I have. Wow. Everything that I have, all my connections, all my knowledge, all my, I mean, and I'll be very specific, all right? Uh, I introduced Tommy to, uh, to a key speakers bureau that I work with. I introduced Tommy to my business manager, who's also a book agent, uh, who then took Tommy on as his client and represented him uh, in the presentation of his book proposal to the publisher, uh, Random House, uh, who, who published uh, Greater Than Yourself, uh, I introduced Tommy to my publisher at Random House and my editor at Random House and Kevin, who's my business manager, who's representing Tommy. And you know, so mm-hmm. everything that I know, every every everybody that I know, everything that I know, I've been sharing with Tommy. And the the net result so far is he's got Kevin as an agent. We just found out that he now has uh, Broadway slash Random House as a publisher mm-hmm. for his first book. He just signed his book deal. Wonderful. Uh, so he's he's on his way, and you know, in this case, it happens to be with the same cast of characters that I'm working with. But you know, again, there's a lot of people who would say that, well, no, this is my publisher, my agent. I don't want to, you know, I'll help you, but I don't want to give you, you know, these people because they might make you more successful than me. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the point. That's your objective. That's the objective. Exactly. Right. I want Tommy to be more well known, uh, more influential, have a have uh, have a more successful career than I have. Would make me the happiest person in the world. I'm not saying that. I'm not making it up. It's absolutely true, and mm-hmm. and it's and it's a wonderful, amazing feeling to see that you know to see it take hold. And by the way, at the same time, I'm working very very diligently on my own career and expanding my success and expanding my uh, you know my uh, arena in terms of what I'm writing and what I'm, and and what I'm writing about. And you know, it's so I have more to give away down the road. That's mm-hmm. the whole idea. Well, that increases the challenge, too. As you become more successful, you're going to have to work harder on Tommy. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> but then he's going to go out and do that with somebody else. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we, do we lift 
and enrich and help each other in that way. Yeah. And it's it's a beautiful concept that I think is is really going to make a big difference in the lives of a lot of people. Yeah. And uh, I certainly hope so. And and I and I think that uh in in this day and age with the challenges that we have now, uh, I think that it is an even better time to try this to try this out. I wrote an article about this recently. Uh, I got an email a while back from a guy named Ken in San Antonio, Texas, mm-hmm. who had read the Radical Leap. He read the Radical Edge. He was a uh, uh, you know a, a team leader in a technology company, and he said he built this tremendous team, and they loved each other, and they worked really hard, and and uh, his wife would you know, cook food and bring it in for the whole team when they were working a, a, you know, a, a particularly difficult deadline and the whole thing. And then he said one day they had a change in management and his position was taken away and his, he said the team just kind of came apart. Mm-hmm. And he said now where, where I used to, you know, go into the office and work 20 hours if I needed to, he said now I, I, sit, in, you know, I sit in my cube and I surf the web and I wait for 5 o'clock to roll around. Mm-hmm. And the question he had for me was, how do you get back up? Which really tore my heart out, you know. And, and I'm not the kind of guy that, that gives advice lightly, particularly to people that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a big responsibility being asked that kind of question. But I, instinctually, I, I suggested that instead of thinking about his own grief, that he should reach out to somebody else as a GTY project. In other words, reach out to somebody that you're going to elevate. Focus on somebody else for a little bit, see what happens. Mm-hmm. I just got an email from him this morning, as a matter of fact, and, and I have been in touch with him a couple of times since I gave him that uh, you know, that advice. And it's just amazing what's happening with him now. I mean, now he's being considered for uh, uh, for a director position, and he's he's got this mentoring program started there, and he's having all these great conversations, and he's just been doing a wonderful job raising other people up, and he got his energy back. And he got his, he basically got his soul back, and uh, and he's he's doing great. So, in these times, when things get tough, and you begin to think that, geez, you know, there's less out there, so I have to hold on tighter to what I have. Uh, I think actually the other approach is much better. In these times, more than any other, this is the time to reach out to somebody and lift them up, and see what it does to your own state of mind and your own your own uh, uh, experience uh, as, as a fulfilled human being. Hmm. That was very well said. Thank you. And, and this is the time, like you said, this is the opportunity to reach out and really do this. Let's get out of our own stuckness and see if we can really help some other people to succeed. And it's going to, I think one of the sweetest compensations in life is that you really can't help others to succeed without lifting yourself as well. That's right. And, uh, so this is this is a great concept. I want to encourage all of you listeners uh, to get connected with Steve and what he's doing. Steve, we've mentioned your blog, stevefarber.com, mm-hmm. and then you also mentioned greaterthanyourself.com. Anywhere else that you'd want people to connect with you? Uh, yeah, great. Those those two are great. Uh, Twitter mm-hmm. is, uh, is a wonderful place uh, as well. Um, so you know, twitter.com forward slash stevefarber. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know the it's been it's been a wonderful thing over the last several years. I've had a lot of people who've read my books and then felt compelled to uh, email me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for, to share their story. And, and I encourage people to do that. Well, wonderful, Steve. Thank you so much for joining me at Live on Purpose Radio today. 
Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it very much. We encourage all of you to go out there and live on purpose. <laughs>